2: This episode is brought to you by shit you should care about and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Hello, everyone. Welcome back I to your voice <laughs>
0: vibration. Did you?
2: Yeah. No, no okay. It was good though. I was literally going to say to you every week. Yeah. It's like we've never done this before. I know. Every I know. Week. We, we just sit here
0: at each other, and I just wait for Lucy's intro. I know. I'm like I
2: don't know how to fucking start it. It's like everything, <laughs> like, bro. We have
0: been doing this for so long. We've literally had a podcast, the Shit Show, for, th- for years. That's what I found funny with the Inspired Unemployed, the Inspired Unemployeds podcast, because they don't have an intro. They just literally go straight into a story, into and it. I'm kind of like, that's a vibe. But I do
2: like our intro. It's a vibe. Well, we don't really either. We say hi to everyone, and then don't know what to say until we get to what describes our week so maybe we should just go straight into what describes
0: our week Liv what describes yours oh I think very similar to yours Lucy we had a really really cute weekend basically Lucy and I have been absolutely loving everything we know about love um which is the screen ad- adaptation oh my god that is that word oh my god we cannot say that word <laughs> we, saying, we keep saying what do we keep saying Adaptation. <laughs> I was no. like oh all- Organism and orgasm in yeah. science once I wrote that wrong. Anyway, um... So, the TV show basically of Everything I Know About Love has just come out and we've watched it all. Wait, have you finished it? I haven't finished it, but it was when I was hungover, it was oh. all I watched. It oh my gosh! Yeah, I finished it on Sunday <gasps> and just absolutely loved it. Like, I thought they did a really good job, but basically, we just got obsessed with the idea of romanticizing our 20s. We're the same age as the girls in the TV show, 24, and we were sort of like, Why haven't we had a night out for a while? Just with the people you're the most comfortable with in the
2: world. Like, nothing matters.
0: Who cares? You're just there for yourself and your besties. It was... Just five of us girls, like we're all friends from high school, and we just know everything about each other. And it was just such a good time. Our friend came up from Hamilton, yeah. And honestly, so loved it. Like nothing special happened in the night, no. But it was just a gorgeous night. It was such a gorgeous night. Um, if you've read the newsletter, then you will have quite a oh. quite a detailed <laughs> a time <time-by-time>, by time like <laughs> sort of rundown. Except
2: for the few the few hours where I don't even have a time by time rundown. There's like two hours in between. Well, I I'm didn't just, realize like, that you were not sure. Well no because there are bits where like I'll forget my life when I'm drinking whether I seem that drunk or not I definitely was I slipped down some steps and bruised my back and I yelled at some boys and I said to them if you see
0: another woman going down these steps you help them. I was on our text messages I was trying to find something for this episode and your last text message to me was hold on no I know
1: just...
2: you need because to... I saw this in the morning I was
0: like checking who I drunk texted as I always this do this is okay so we started pretty early because we went for dinner at 5 p.m and then at ten forty-six, Lucy just texted me being like two wrong flat parties <laughs> two wrong flat party houses <laughs> and I remember you're like I'm gonna send you this text so I remember to write about this in the newsletter and
2: I did not remember sending it to you I read
0: it in the I read it like in the morning
2: you know those mortifying oh, like let me yeah. scroll through everything and I was like oh my god
0: we did go into two wrong flats no to get to- that was so so funny we met up with our friend Evie who had been like day drinking all day And she's like, yeah, yeah, I've got the address for the flat party. We go to this random house first. They were having a flat party. We walk (laughs) straight through to the balcony. And then we all look around and there's only like 20 people there. And we're still like, we don't recognize any of you. (laughs) We don't know
2: any. And then we go to another flat that used to be Yeah, and then they were like,
0: oh, no, like you're probably looking for the one downstairs. We go downstairs. There's no one there except two (laughs) people leaving. And this was her friend's flat. But that was not where the party was. Oh, my God. It was a shambles, but it was fucking hilarious. It was
2: so hilarious. We got told off by an Uber driver because we were too wet. I didn't even realize we'd been in the rain. It had (laughs) rained. The Uber driver was like,
0: why are you wet? And I got home and my shoes were just covered in mud. In mud. Oi, I had one shoe absolutely covered in mud and one shoe (laughs) had not been touched. I was like, how does that happen? And then I remembered that I got that guy's number. And then I was like...
2: When I woke up in the morning, I was like, oh, thank God I didn't text No, I was trying
0: to hype you up so yeah, bad. I, you I, were, like, not feeling it. I, I was like, no, you just got to text him. You just got to text him. But oh, thank God you didn't listen to Jungler. Ugh.
2: So so Liv's what described her week mm-hmm. basically described mine as well, except for this morning I changed it to say that um, romanticizing our 20s Did describe my week, but my morning right now, like I can't romanticize it because
0: I've got the shits so bad. (laughs) And your voice is giving out, which happens every time Lucy drinks. Every
2: time I drink, it's laryngitis, isn't it? It is, straight away. (laughs) It's so why I can never be a famous rock star. We always say it. it's the only thing between me and one gig, and then the week yeah. would be a fucking write-off. Um, basically, my flatmate made um the most delicious, like, authentic bit of tacos last night, and we all loved them. They were amazing, but a few of us in the flat have had like a dodgy
0: gut. Um, so well, that happened to me after his cooking. So. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And then guess what? You <laughs> you're allergic. To no, he's, he's
0: actually a really fucking. He's good a cook, great
2: but. cook, and and I have said to the flat, look, it was worth it for the tacos. But I'm dehydrated. You know when you've got the shits and you're just so dehydrated, and I'm like, I actually need to have a really good day today. So I better get this out of my. Well, I've got it all out my system. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, how much more is there to come? Oh, anyway, love. What are we talking about today? So we're talking about that TikTok that went viral about Halsey talking about how her management wanted TikToks to go viral basically. And then so, the whole concept right of yeah. management. Wanting- management, TikTok, um, the it's whole like role f- it has in marketing and kind of release strategies and everything. It's a really again really interesting conversation. We always want to As choose per. interesting <laughs> conversations. We've talked about this before when we had an episode on Olivia Rodrigo and her sort of rise to fame through TikTok and and this is sort of an extension mm. on that conversation I would say.
2: Like it was I probably like a year ago Liv and I sat down and did is TikTok helping or hurting the music mm. industry and
0: it, every day it rings true even more and more right? Yes and Lucy sent me a really good Vox explainer video and mm. I'm going to go into some of those points because I love that video. Yeah it's such a good video I'll give you the name of it so you guys can google it and go and watch it yourselves but basically it shows the difference where we were at when we recorded that Olivia Rodrigo episode and how things have shifted I, during that time. And the contracts and stuff. Yeah. I
2: know, I was like, we were before our time sitting there in your like kitchen recording. Yeah, that. we were doing
0: like on the post commentary and now things have changed so or shifted slightly. I mean still the same sort of ideas place but really really fascinating can't wait and this um
2: episode is going to be a little bit shorter they're going to be a bit shorter for the time being because
0: live why we as we said last week and we are really excited about this we are doing like a little mini love island series kind of on the end of our Culture Vulture record time. So we've got to shorten that a little bit to give you guys the rundown on what's been happening every week in Love Island. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be all our thoughts just in a lovely little like sub
2: half an hour wrap up for you. And we're doing it because we want to do it and because we love talking about this (laughs) shit. Because it just
0: takes over our lives and And it's all we want to discuss.
2: Um, But first, I'm going to do a really short Naughty or Nice, a really interesting Naughty or Nice story today that has really made me, I just can't stop thinking about it. So it started off as a nice story. Liv, did you see that Rebel Wilson came out and introduced her girlfriend to the world the other day? Yes,
0: I had a quick scan of your newsletter this morning. Didn't read it fully in depth, so I'm excited to hear about this story. Well, so Rebel
2: Wilson the other day on Instagram posted a photo of her and her girlfriend, Ramona, saying, I thought I was searching for a Disney prince, but maybe what I really needed all this time was a Disney princess. And then hashtag lovers love. Cute photo. It wasn't actually surprising to me, I think because I've never paid much attention to Rebel's love life or whatever. neither. Just thought it was cute. Um, turns out there's actually quite an awful story behind that. So... A day after Rebel posted this photo, the Sydney Morning Herald um, published an opinion piece about it. And this is word for word what the opinion piece said. In a perfect world, outing same-sex celebrity relationships should be a redundant concept in 2022. Love is love, right? Right. As Rebel Wilson knows, we do not live in a perfect world. So it was with an abundance of caution and respect that this media outlet emailed Rebel Wilson's representatives on Thursday morning, giving her two days to comment on her new relationship with LA Leisurewear designer Ramona Agruma before publishing a single word. Big mistake. Wilson opted to gazump the story, posting about her new Disney princess on Instagram early Friday morning—the same platform she had previously used to brag about her handsome ex-boyfriend, wealthy American beer baron Jacob Bush. So they said. So basically, they had found out that she was in a relationship with this woman, given her basically two days to come to come out to the world, like given her a deadline, a blackmail deadline, like. We're giving you
0: two days to comment. Otherwise, we're going to run run it, and we're going to say exactly what we want to say about it.
2: Well, yeah. And then also saying that, oh, and then Rebel Wilson knew we were going to publish it. So she came in and gazumped, which means like she came in and bit our story
0: and posted about it herself. It's her life. It's her fucking, that's. This is disgusting media practices. And what is also disgusting is acknowledging that this is a wrong media practice. No, let like me saying And then saying that it's not a perfect world, well yeah. it's like you're the one making it not a perfect world. You could have done the right thing and you've just, just not someone, commented. You've given someone a deadline to
2: come out to the world as if it's your prerogative. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. This yeah. is really I just find this an absolutely
0: batshit story. That's so fucked up. I just find that preface at the start so weird. Like, why the fuck would you say that and then out yourself to outing her? No. Like, and, and, and it's then, horrible.
2: And then, like, the, the article went on to. It was a, quite biphobic as well. It was mm-hmm. sort of not very understanding, as you can probably tell by the first few paragraphs. And then it was also saying, like, about how Rebel Wilson had gone against another newspaper or another media outlet for defamation because of their bad media practices and, like, using it against of I'm like, bro, you're actually doing. Like, some horrible media practices here yourself. Like, it's it's
0: wild. Well, I mean, this might be naive in me and, again, our Echo Chamber and kind of, like, the circles Mm. we run in. But, like, to me, this is just, like, this isn't a story. No. It's, like... This is someone's private life. Literally, it's lovely that she's found someone. It's lovely that she's loving someone. Like, when are they going to realise that the world is shifting to the fact that, like... We don't need to write it's about this It's not a shit. story. It's not yeah. a fucking story. I know. It's like. And stop making it
2: one. It's so cute of her to have posted that, but then learning about, like, learning about the fallout, or no, learning about why she felt like she had to post it
0: is just, like, disgusting. And like, this is the same platform she went to brag about her well, ex boyfriend or whatever. It's like. It's this personal. Ah, profile. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna. So she, uh, Rebel actually has responded after this went like viral on Twitter, saying, "Thank you for all your comments. It was a very hard situation, but I'm trying to handle it with grace." So she has confirmed that this is actually how it played out. It's yeah. not even like he said, she said. It's like no, they basically gave her a deadline to come out to the world, and and they've said that, and she said that, and it's confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> and so but yeah, a few of the comments. A few of the, like, Twitter commentary was... It was, like, so fair. Like, it's 2022. It's fucking Pride Month. And, yeah. like, also, like, people are just saying, this reminds me of, like, a 90s, like, story and how this would run. Like, it's oh, not it's so a backwards. story anymore. Like, do you know we're 30 years on from the 90s? Just as a,
0: like, <laughs> side note. Very much freaks me out. Yeah, that
2: freaks me out. So that's my Naughty or Nice. Started nice because I'm really happy for Rebel Wilson, obviously, but then it got extremely
0: naughty because it's just stupidly bad like media uh, it's just know. like as media platforms we have the amazing opportunity to change these narratives mm-hmm. and that's just <laughs> fucked it's just it's so fucked Um. anyway Liv we're about to get into
2: the crux of the podcast episode but not before we hear from our wonderful sponsors this week
1: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
2: So here is an ad for us, by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Cisco supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now, we're in a studio, which costs money to hire, with an audio engineer who we've got to pay. And every week, we're researching, scripting, and hosting this thing for you, all which takes time, resources, and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here, space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so
0: much. Okay, Louis. let's get into the Halsey story because it's all we want to talk about right now except for Love Island, which we will do afterwards. Um, so as you've probably seen if you are a TikTok user, ironically it went viral that Halsey posted a video on TikTok and it had one of his songs playing in the background, but a song that hadn't been released yet, and on the screen there was the words that said Basically, I have a song that I love and I want to release ASAP, but my record label won't let me. I've been in this industry for eight years and I've sold over 165 million records. And my record company is saying that I can't release it unless they fake a viral moment on TikTok. Which is pretty ironic
2: because then this went viral. Incredibly viral. And then she had to double down and somehow try and
0: prove... That it was true. Exactly. And this is something we're going to talk about a little later on. But basically Halsey isn't the first like already very famous musician to have this sentiment on TikTok. Florence Welch um, released a video basically being like they're making me do a lo-fi TikTok Mm. help and then she's there. Like rolling her eyes, singing the song A Cappella Without Music. And it's beautiful, but it's mm-hmm. like she obviously doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran has also posted a TikTok being like, they also want me to post TikToks, but I'm just going to talk about snacks because everyone loves snacks and that can act as promotion for my album, right? Um, and then Charlie XCX has also complained about making her eighth TikTok of the week. So, Maggie Rogers is a big one too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're all coming out.
2: I don't want to, like, fucking ruin the conversation by saying we can all tell that even if they don't want it to be a PR strategy, it's just a massive PR strategy. It's just a massive
0: PR strategy. Anyway, continue, because I know you've got better context (laughs) for us all. Yeah, so there's no denying that TikTok has become a huge part of the music marketing kind of ecosystem. It has the ability to make a song go very viral very, very quickly. But what's interesting is that music labels are trying to manipulate this app where inauthenticity is kind of sniffed out mm-hmm. really fast right mm-hmm. people on tiktok love things that happen on a whim they love things to be like by chance sort yes. of thing they love, they love the, the underdog, underdog. <laughs> <laughs> they love the underdog <laughs> God, are we
2: underdogs <laughs> like is that why we had yeah, such a visceral are. reaction <laughs> we just
0: relate to that honestly. we
2: relate to that one no one has ever appreciated
0: no our work. fucking TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. Um, he was an underdog. <laughs> Jesus. Was <laughs> he? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he was sort of praised. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so that those are the sort of videos that work right and then these labels are coming in and sort of like meticulously planning out concepts and then trying to make them seem authentic but people are pretty savvy these days as to what's authentic and what's not example you remember Gail's song
2: a b c d e yes. f u yes. and everyone was like someone's just asked her a question and she's written the song on the spot like, in response to can you write a question about the uh, write a song about the alphabet And then it came out that actually someone from the label had planted that question. She'd already written the song and then she responded to it and went viral because everyone thought, whoa,
0: she's just written this so quick. No. Which is really fucking smart strategy, right? So smart. So smart, but it leaves a bad taste in your mouth whenever you listen to that song now because you're like... Because you don't was, want to be duped. Yeah, this is the whole thing. Like, we want to be told what is actually happening, right? Yes. There are artists out there who really excel at TikTok. Like, mm-hmm. people like Doja Cat, right? Mm-hmm. They're people who have amazing social media skills. Charlie Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. They're super savvy. But they've also created an authentic online relationship between themselves and their audience. Mm-hmm. And this is where TikTok comes in really handy because it's natural. Mm-hmm. They're used to it. They love that shit. It's yeah. part of their, like, music identity. And
2: probably... more importantly they've actually chosen to be yes exactly
0: like this is where they feel comfortable whereas an issue really arises when artists who have absolutely no interest in tiktok tiktok is not their natural space they are maybe more private and less interested in the sort of personality side that comes with music and music exposure um and then it's when tiktok is being forced upon them and they're pushing these people to exploit themselves and their art in a way that like just isn't comfortable. Mm. And we can sense it straight away, mm. I think. So I really think in this conversation, TikTok is not the problem. No. It's the age old debate between art and commerce. And we talked about this when we had that Um, episode on Sally Rooney and beautiful world where are you Mm. and she kind of really goes into this in like the writing space um, in the book industry Um, and it's kind of like all about finding that balance between art making money keeping things authentic but also keeping afloat in the capitalist society that we live in right
2: and this the easy answer which never is the answer seems to be ask the artist Mm -hmm. what they want to do they want to fucking contract
0: like you know exactly And, and trust that people will love that. I think yeah. it's just, like, totally underestimating the audience and the audience's ability to, yeah. like, feel when they are being duped. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it seems easy. I mean, we're not in the marketing industry. It might be a lot more difficult than that. Like, I don't know. But I thought that this paragraph from a Washington Post article was really good. It was written by Sonia Rayo. And so they were talking to a music manager who co-founded the company Zone 6, and... Um, And he finds the intense focus on TikTok to be a natural extension of how labels have always operated. So he recalled in the early 1990s, labels scrambled to sign grunge bands in response to Nirvana's massive success, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So this is a quote from him. Some things got signed that were good, Some were terrible, some made no sense. That's the trend you see with major and independent labels over the years, where something works for one person, so they want to recreate that success for another person. You can't predict TikTok if something is going to go viral or not. It's hard to recreate that. Mm. So it's like, which again, Nirvana, right? An amazing band, and then all of these copycats come out that labels have sort of devised or, like, other people are trying to be like them and it just never works out as well. And this is exactly what's happening on TikTok. They'll see one viral moment that works and then it's like...
2: Like, yeah, it's the jobs of these music manages and like you said it's happened before on all the different platforms mm-hmm. like it's it's always been happening people following trends to try and exactly make like out, social so.
0: media really just acts as an extension of what's already happening mm-hmm. in society and like yeah maybe hyperbolizes it but mm-hmm. you can't have something on social media that doesn't already exist in society <laughs> yeah like that makes absolutely no sense so yeah. when people are like it's tiktok it's instagram creating these issues it's like they're potentially yeah. like exacerbating yeah. these issues yeah exactly but they didn't come from nowhere sort of thing. There was also a really good article on Business Insider that talked about how TikTok creators have become a key part of music release strategies. So the whole goal is to use TikTok to convert a song's, um, a songs or an artist's cultural influence into kind of recurring revenue, right? Mm-hmm. That's always the goal.
2: And it's like exposure therapy. Just get it on as many popular influences, yes. like sounds as you can.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of from where getting the side from the music label right the way that they see it and why they do this so this is um a quote from kristen bender who is who is part of the digital and business development of universal music she told business insider that tiktok has become a really critical part of artist storytelling um since we signed our deal with TikTok earlier this year, our labels have extremely leaned into the platform. And then the article goes to say that songs that trend on TikTok often end up charting on the Billboard 100 or Spotify viral 50. And then 67% of the app's users are more likely to seek out a song like on Spotify Mm -hmm. or Apple Music or whatever um, after hearing them on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty high stats. We get why they're doing this, right? Mm. It's like a fucking gold mine. Oh,
2: it makes so much sense. But yeah. as the Vox video showed, it often doesn't come with longevity for the artist.
0: Exactly. Um, and another strategy that these labels do is they get they create listening parties for like mainstream TikTok creators to come and listen to songs mm-hmm. before they're released, and then they act as like the tastemakers of tiktok and
2: that's actually interesting because we like say when you post an ad on instagram or even an ad on tiktok oh no i don't actually know if on tiktok but you know you have to do hashtag ad hashtag sponsored but like when a tiktok person is just using the sound and maybe they've been paid to do so like hey you have to use 30 of universal sounds over the next three months and we're going to pay you 100 grand to do it they don't have to disclose that so they're like subliminally like using these sounds and it's really interesting because it's like also with TikTok we're all getting smarter to the theories as well so it's like at the same time as they're trying to dupe us people are
0: making TikTok saying this is how they're trying to dupe you yeah and also people like us are trying to get ahead and tell people that like don't fall into these traps and don't think that your music taste is coming from solely from your own like life right because nothing ever is nothing ever is and there's nothing really wrong with that but and actually this was a really good story that I came across loose kind of on that whole this was happening before social media Mm -hmm. do you remember Remember Sarah Bareilles' song, Love Song? Yes. You know, it was all over the radio, like, I don't know. I'm not gonna Ten write. years ago? Yeah. Was that? It was a huge song. It was fucking huge. So there was an article written in glamour why she wrote the song, and it's so like on brand for this episode. <laughs> no, what happened? Um, so basically, although this song, Love Song, wasn't a direct response to like a res- a specific request from her record label it's all about like the record label pushing her to make certain sort of music right
2: the words are literally i'm not going to write your love song Because you asked me to because you need one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because
2: the label asked you to and they needed one, but sorry, bro.
0: Yeah, so this is what she says. This song was my stubborn little fuck you to the music industry. The entertainment industry at large can be a really toxic place. For someone like me who's prone to a lot of depression and anxiety and self-doubt, I know that I have to manage my mental state in really rigorous ways. I I think I felt protective of myself, but the song ended up opening all of these doors for me and taking me around the world. Which again leads into this whole thing. It's like, yeah, she said fuck you to the record label, but then that song made a whole lot of money for the record label no, and then allowed her to do what she wanted because she then fit the brief.
2: It would fuck with your identity as well because you're like, you get addicted to dopamine, you get addicted to people listening to your shit. So she's like, I wrote this out of spite, but now I probably really love the fact that, like, like you said, I've been able to open all these doors and I love all the attention it's got me because it's so nice to have people hearing your work. Yeah, exactly. be like, oh, I
0: should just bust out another one then. Yeah, and I then should go on TikTok. She also wrote in this article that um, she thought like her, I don't know whether it was her manager or whoever was looking after her would be really angry about the song because mm. they're like, well, what the hell? And they were like, no, this is fantastic. Like, this is great. And it's like, it's just such a weird, icky kind of world And back to that, yeah. so that's
2: a perfect point to something I just Mm -hmm. wanted to talk about. Like, the manager not feeling icky, but feeling like, no, this is helping all of our bottom lines. So I actually saw a really good TikTok sort of breaking down this whole situation with Halsey in particular. And they used Kris Jenner and the Kardashians as an example of how Kris Jenner will always make herself look like the bad guy or make herself look dumb so that her kids are never the bad guy or a never, like, looking silly. Like, Chris often will be the scapegoat. She'll throw herself under the bus, throw herself for, under the the bus for the good. the good of the business, <laughs> yeah. right? Which also helps her because she gets 10% of everything. 10% yeah. of all those kids. So, anyway, it was like saying, Chris Jenner is a smart woman. She will throw herself under the bus so her kids will continue to make money so her reputation is, like at fault and theirs aren't. That's exactly what all these managers are doing. They are saying, it is so fine. Blame the management. Blame the label. At the end of the day, we are still putting money in their pockets Mm -hmm. no matter who's at fault. And it's like a really creative and crafty PR strategy. But these artists, like the huge artists that already have this fame, you know how you keep chasing money and fame and record sales and stuff? It's like, I'm sure there's actually a little part of them that knows, like, that that wants to do TikTok, that will say yes to doing this because they because, will still
0: get... And because, as we've kind of heard in so many interviews recently, it's like they're all fucking scared of not being, like, relevant in the public anyway. eye and relevant, and which is just really horrible. Like... It's what capitalism does to these people, right? It's like a fucking drug. Yes. But on the other side of TikTok, you know, it can be fucking amazing for artists that need to get discovered or that, you know, have absolutely no one knows who the fuck they are. And this is their only way to get into the public eye, right? So there's a whole conversation around whether these sort of artists like Florence Welch and like Ed Sheeran and you know whoever it is that already have a huge following they already have really dedicated audiences Mm -hmm. like why are they even on tiktok like leave tiktok to what it should be which is people in their home like people in their bedrooms making music and some people are really fucking good and deserve for their music to be heard by a lot of people i don't think
2: see i think and we're probably going to get to this with Mm. the small amount of time we have left but Mm -hmm. that's like, as we saw in that Vox video and how the contracts have changed yeah. now. So small artists are now, because we've all learned how fucked up the big labels are in real time, they're way more likely to be independent or to have contracts that don't force them into, like, 10 years of whatever marketing wants you exactly. to do. Exactly. And I'm
0: going to go through this now. I'm going to run through it pretty quickly. Again, if you want to watch this video, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. It's so, so good and it goes quite in-depth into it. So I'm just going to kind of... Come through it so basically labels make a lot of money through streaming right mm-hmm. we all sort of know this and they make money through market shares so it's like however many streams say universal get that month mm-hmm. they'll be paid out accordingly yeah to like the whole like what piece of the pie do they have of spotify right yeah so basically in 2017 the major label market share on spotify which is like you know all of the big the big labels. Universal, Univer- Sony, Warner. Yeah. Exactly. Their market share altogether was at 87%. Holy shit of just yeah. the big
2: labels yeah. in Spotify. Yeah. On, on Spotify. Yeah,
0: on Spotify, right? So there was only, what, 13% other independent more. or like indie yeah, records. Um, whereas by 2020, so only three years later, it had declined by 9%. So they only had... I mean, they still had a lot. They Mm. still had 78%. But to decline 9% in three years is pretty fucking huge. So this is really great for independent people, right? We're like, okay, awesome. But then obviously these labels are fucking savvy. So they wanted to get back their market share. And because of this, they started watching TikTok really intensely and signing people with viral moments as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So there became a huge bidding war between major labels to acquire these artists. Um, And then... To try and entice the artist, um, they would say, okay, we're going to give you a really big advance. Say it could be like $100,000 or it could be a million dollars or whatever in exchange for the rights to your song. So you're basically signing away all your rights for basically a loan. It's a
2: loan. An advance is just a loan.
0: It's a loan that you're going to have to pay back. And so what's so fucked up is that you then make 15% royalties – of each stream yeah. but within that 15% you have to give that 15% back, back to the, the label. label until you've paid off your like 100000 loan or a million dollar loan which can take a really long time and then only after that only once you've paid it off can you start getting royalties So it's like a 15%. one in a million
2: chance that your song's going to go like that huge or your next album's going to go that huge that you'll be able to pay that back and make a real good And make
0: like a lot of money right so a lot of people are like in this hole and they're digging themselves out for years And which thank is- you
2: Taylor Swift as well for teaching all the young up-and-coming independent artists Mm -hmm. why it's so... And forcing these labels to change their contracts probably to say, we don't own all the rights to your masters. Exactly. You can do whatever you want with them or whatever you're about to tell us, I'm sure, the new contracts are.
0: Now, because of TikTok, people actually have leverage like if you Mm. are an independent person you make a viral song and it's kind of exploding you have leverage because all of the major recording labels are trying to get you right they'll all be
2: in your dms yeah
0: so they're all fighting against each other and so you can be like hang on okay i'm gonna make a deal that suits me here because they want me that badly that they'll they're willing to change the way that these music labels make deals with up and coming artists so it's like because it's no longer like oh my god this is my big
2: break it's these up and coming artists are so smart because we've had all these conversations Mm -hmm. that they're, they're like me signing a label isn't my big break my big break was getting all these people to listen to my shit on tiktok so i don't need you label as much as you think i did or as much as we did in the
0: 2010s or the 2000s exactly so these labels are being like okay, well, you've proven you have created a career on your own and then we're going to be kind of like a partner in your success, right? So labels are now offering things like 50-50 splits or um, Mm -hmm. licensing deals rather than acquiring, owning their masters and things like this, which is great because it's putting pressure on these labels. Yeah. Um, And so I was kind of like, why do people sign to these major labels if they are still giving away a huge piece of the pie. And it is because, obviously, they're just huge global... They're machines. Global machines, money-making machines. They have direct communication with streaming services mm-hmm. so they can put you on, like, the top 50 or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, like, easy-listening playlist yeah. and shit so people can actually find you. And also they have access to countries all over the world so mm-hmm. they can be pushing you in...
2: They Ireland
0: just have, and instead of just America exactly. or whatever it is.
2: And they have, like, they can set you up with a manager, a publicist. They've got all these connections to people f- to collaborate with. and bl- Like, obviously, we're not dumb. Like... It, they have access to so much good shit that if you get the right contract, then, like, go you, young artist. Yeah, totally. If
0: you get the right contract, you're savvy about what you're signing away, it can be really beneficial yeah. for you. But for a lot of people who are undereducated, and yes. these people are salesmen, right? Like, they know exactly yeah. what to say to make you come and join them at yeah. their label, and you get 15%, and they get 85 yeah. and then you have to pay back your 15% to them. Like... That's why, it's pretty wild. I, that's
2: why I feel like TikTok is also good, because without mm. TikTok, we would not have learned any of any this. Any of this.
0: Yeah. TikTok is great in that it's like it is somewhat democratizing the music industry. I mean, it's a very small part of the music industry, yeah. but, but it's giving education. Exactly. And it is meaning that we are having these conversations. And so people aren't just trapping themselves in these horrific contracts but and letting yeah. their
2: managers throw themselves under the bus for a viral moment, because we aren't. We aren't dumb. Well, no, I keep saying that We can't kind of are sometimes, because like we can all see through it. Even if you think it's not a viral moment, or it's not like the reason you're doing it, it's not to create a viral moment. Like Halsey, I'm sure she was genuinely like, "I really want to release this yeah. song." Fuck this! But it, she had to know that that going viral was going to create this anticipation the anticipation, the implications of that, right? But anyway, we got a great conversation out of it. We got a great Culture Vulture episode out of it. Exactly.
0: So thank you, TikTok. Thank
2: you, TikTok. And everyone should go and watch the Vox video that we're about to link in the show notes. Liv, really quickly,
0: I don't actually have one, but what's on your radar? Okay, mine was this morning I was listening to music in my car and the song Fearless by Pink Floyd came out oh, okay. and I was like fuck this is such a vibe mm, so y'all okay. should go listen to that okay what about you
2: Liz um okay well maybe on a similar vein I rediscovered my love for the song Cringe by Matt Mason you remember me and Flo were obsessed with the song Cringe in and in one of our flats at uni how did it go of not allowed to sing on the floor um but it's a really good song. You should all go oh, and yeah. listen to it. And then also, Alanis Morissette is coming to New Zealand. She's on my radar. I just need to find someone to go with. It might be Liv. We're just gonna. It might be me. We're just day. gonna wait and see. But I'm desperate to go, so I might be going on my own. Anyway, team. More importantly, we've got another episode to record right now, and it's about Love Island. It will already be in your feed, So if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it. Otherwise, you should be watching along with us. And yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to our yarns. And we will <laughs> see you next week. And also thanks Janyu for producing this. Always. Always, always, always. Bye. And thank you, Lucy. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye.